Hello again, dental online trainers. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartlieb, and today we continue our conversation with Dr. Amanda C. Now, many of you are already aware of Amanda and her incredible talents and accomplishments in cosmetic dentistry. But if you're not, here's just a small sampling. Amanda is an accredited fellow of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. She's a member of the American Academy of Restorative Dentistry. Amanda is an instructor at the Coys Institute, and she's co-founder with Adamo Elvis of Impress, a dental educational platform. From her home in Charleston, South Carolina, Amanda shares with us the challenges of balancing being a mom and a wife and a dentist and a dental practice owner. She also shares with us how she was influenced to become a cosmetic dentist and who her mentors were along her path. So kick back and relax and enjoy my conversation with the amazing Dr. Amanda C. Hello, dental online trainers. Dr. Dennis Hartley back with you part, for part two of our conversation with Amanda C. So thank you for joining us today. If you missed the first part, Amanda and I spoke at length about how she grew up and how she sort of got introduced into dentistry. It's just really super interesting. I think you all should check that out because that's good information and about her experience in dental school at NYU. But today we're going to talk about life as a dentist. And Amanda, I want to start out with a quote that I read from you. Um, I can't remember where I picked it up, but you said you have to prioritize what you want most in your personal life and work backward from there. As much as I love my career and I'm passionate about it, it's important for me to have time with my family. I mean, sorry, with my children while they're still young. Uh, that's that's great advice. That's great advice for all of us. And um, when uh, when you think back, as I say that. Talk to me a little bit what uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, um, you know, for, for me, having told you kind of in part one of my, my childhood, it was important to me when Dave and I had kids that I wanted to, no matter how successful or whatever our careers may be or where it takes us, that I wanted to build this family life, this unit that um, was like Aaron's family. You know, I wanted I wanted them to feel that. I wanted to be present. I never wanted to be too busy. Um, so for me, it was the balance of all of that because um, while I admire my father so much for how hard he has worked and the things he's accomplished, he put it above everything. And while he did it for his family, you know, now as he's older, you know, he tells me he wished he would have had more time when I was younger to spend with me and he regrets that, you know, and, yeah. and so his words speak true to me because it does go, it goes by so fast. And so David and I made it um, a mission to make that happen, you know, and whatever that may be. And so, it, you know, I, I told David when I first opened my practice and other things, I said, you know, I just want to be home by a certain time so that I can take them to dance classes and see them perform or, um, you know, go to the basketball games. And like those things were important to me to be able to do. And we just have to figure out how that looks. You know, I mean, if you yep. work with somebody or you own your own practice, um, you do have to work backwards and, and make it work around what you make it's like the big pebbles and the little pebbles, right? That you put in a jar. You got to put those big pebbles in first. Like what are those things that have to happen for you? And then you fill all the other things. Um, and it's always worked out well. I'm not saying that it's easy and 
that I'm balanced, but it's about making the time that you have with them count and it's quality time, right? And there's times when, yeah, I have, I have a busy real two weeks of work and the kids understand that now, but, but then we're going to have these, this vacation together, or we're going to do this. So it's, you know, I don't want people to put pressure on themselves to think I have to have this complete balance because it, balance can be, um, you know, it can be self-limiting sometimes when you think like, oh, I, I'm not doing it right because I'm not balanced. I mean, I'm not balanced, but I prioritize what's important to me. And there are times when certain things are going to acquire more of my time and times when it, it won't, but you've put those things first um, and they'll remember that, you know, and my kids, even when I do that, I think sometimes like I'm that mom that doesn't volunteer at school. There's a lot of moms that always volunteer at school and sure. bake yeah. and, and do awesome things. And I always felt guilty, uh, guilt that I put up on myself that sure. I'm the water mom, meaning if there, you volunteer to bring anything, I volunteer, I volunteer to bring water because, and, it, and my kids when they were little would always be like, mom, can't you make cookies or something? I'm like, I can make cookies, but I can't. Like, I just right. can't, you know? And it was this guilt that I had um, within me. And, but now that they're older, they're like, mom, we're so glad you're the water mom. It's okay, you know? And, and, and you realize, like, like, give yourself some grace and just understand that there's just not a, a perfect idea of balance, but making the things that count, count. I think people are going to really appreciate you saying that, Amanda, because I think there's so much pressure to be perfect at everything, right? To be the perfect baker, to be the perfect mom at school, or, you know, even for dads. I mean, I felt enormous guilt for not being able to do um, the homeroom stuff with my daughter when Becca was growing up. I mean, I really yes. wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it, but it just wasn't going to happen. Um, but, you know, and so you're right, and, and balance is elusive, uh, but... It is about putting, you know, putting the, the things that are most important, prioritizing those. Uh, family dinners were always very important when Becca was growing up, being there for family dinners. That was such a critical aspect. I grew up with family dinners every night, and that was something yeah. that we continued to maintain. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's just awesome advice. So thank you for sharing that. I want to yeah. I want to get back and I want to know about when you got out of dental school and how your practice started and, and, and all that. So did you... So David was from South Carolina. Was from was he from Charleston? Yep, he's from Charleston. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so we you guys are um, married. You're married out of dental and, school. And he was like I said, he was not really wanting to move back home. He kind of wanted to stay in the city or move to a different city and explore something else. Um, but I had to take my southern boards just because I wanted to. You know, I took the northern boards. I took the southern boards, and the rent for my our studio apartment was up so we said okay well let's move back to Charleston and live with his parents his parents had this big house that we could live in rent free right I said well let's live there while I take my boards and wait to get my license because I had to wait like two sure. months to get my license yeah so we were there that summer and I just remember and I've never really lived in Charleston you know I, I was in Columbia South Carolina for school, which is much different than Charleston. Right, right, right. And I'm like, wow, oh, this is really nice. I mean, it's very different than a city, but there was something so charming and special about it um, and peaceful too. There was, I just felt a sense of peace um, and settled. And I told David, I said, well, 
what if we just live in Charleston, you know? And he was like, you really want to live in Charleston? I'm like, I don't know if I really want to live in Charleston, but I don't dislike the idea of living in Charleston right now either. And it's more affordable and, you know, you, you could work with your dad. And, um, and so we decided to, to live in Charleston. And so I took on an associateship um, at a very beautiful office, thinking it was high tech, but not really high tech. Um, he worked with his dad as a financial advisor and we quickly realized that we were both really unhappy in our workplace. I mean- Well, what made you unhappy in that associate position? Um, it was really high volume dentistry and I, I had to do it the way I was told to do it. I had to do the root canals. I had to do the extractions. Um, not a lot of specialties were used, you know. Um, There's a certain, certain time frame I had to work for each procedure. And it was, it's not how, I knew that that's not the kind of dentistry I wanted to do. I wasn't proud of the dentistry, you know. Um, and I knew I could do a better job if I had more time, better materials and better help but, or support, but it just wasn't there. Um, this, is com this is a common experience, especially today with um, so many graduating dental students joining DSOs. Right. So and I think a lot of- practice. Yeah. So right. you, it but, just, it's not just corporate. I mean, it's the wrong practice is the wrong practice, you know? Um, but I also, the, the good things I learned about from it were how to be, a better leader could because you know the team loved me you know um they they really confided in me and they would they were wonderful and i just realized that if you just spend a little bit of time to ask people how their day is and invest in getting to know people and be interested in people that it completely changes the dynamic and the trust and the relationship you're talking um, about Talking about patients and team members? Team members, team members. Yeah, and patients too, of course, but, but team members especially because I was in an office where the team members were really unhappy. There was high turnover, or if they were there for a long time, they were miserable, but they were just too afraid to leave. Um, so, but they would tell me all these things. And here I am just one year in this practice thinking like, why are they confiding in me? You know, what? I'm like, why, why wouldn't you tell this to, you know, the boss? Like, why don't right. you, and they're like, oh, no, no, we can't, or we can't. And so I, I, I started to see the divide between being a leader in a practice. It was more, you know, the clinical dentistry is one part, but, but leading the people to help carry out the vision that you have for the practice is such a big part of that too. Um, so so uh, in that year, I learned much about leading people, I should say. I didn't learn a whole lot about dentistry in my associateship, but I learned about leading people. You, you, you learn by doing opposite of what you're watching? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At any books or any resources that you use during that time to help become a better leader? No, I, you know, I, 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 I didn't read, I didn't really get into reading leadership books or self-improvement books till, much later, probably after I opened my own practice and started 
hiring a consultant did I really get into that but at the time not really it was just by experience like just mm -hmm. the, the relationship and, and the things that I would learn from people and conversations I would have and, and just kind of each time these experience would help shape me and, and make me realize wow like that's powerful like it's it's so simple sometimes what what people need yeah. and and it's not that much, right? Sometimes it's just a word of praise or a thank you, or you know, ma making them feel that they can come to you to say something. And it was just intimidation. And sometimes, you know, to give credit to the person that I worked for, I mean, it, maybe it's not anything that she did, but it was the the vibe that she gave off that it wasn't possible for people to come to her and approach her, right? So yeah. I, I just. It, it really helped shape my thought process of, you know, if I ever own my own practice one day, the type of leader I want to be for that practice. What's it like being a, uh, being a female, uh, a female leader in a female centric uh, industry? Um, did you say female centric industry? Well, female centric in that most of the team members we have are going to be female. Yeah. I mean, right. we, we, we actually have a pretty divided practice now. We have, well, we have two dental assistants that are male, um, yeah. but many of the team members we're going to have are going to be female. I do want to get it. I do want to address the issue that you're in the profession of dentistry is not female centric. And I want to talk about that's that right. also, yeah. but as yeah. a, as a practice owner, as a leader, who's female and you're working with women, mostly, I don't know if you have men on your staff or not. No. Um, oh, I do. I say that I'm a doctor. Mm -hmm. So what's what's that like? I mean, I think there's there's been a a, a perception that it's harder for women to lead women. Um, mm. But but I witnessed my social partner Angela. She's a dentist in Milwaukee here, and she has a whole an all, entire female team, and she's an incredible leader. And uh, she's got her team is uh, really just incredible, and they follow her. She's led really well, and she's a way better leader than I am. And so what's yeah. been your experience as a female leader um, with female uh, team members? Yeah, you know, it, it's a hard one to answer because I opened my practice when I was 28. So I was, you know, relatively young. And most of everybody that I hired was had more experience than I did yeah. mm -hmm. in the profession. And I wasn't as confident in my ability to lead or my clinical skills for that matter. So I think I was a different type of leader. I don't know if I was a very effective one at that age. And so I would say when I was younger, it was really hard. There was a lot of dealing with personalities and not knowing how to address this person. I, I felt like I had to adapt to everybody's person, personality profile differently. And, yeah. and be the one that knows how to, you know, be a chameleon and, and change how I speak to each person. Um, but then as I get older now, being more confident in my leadership style, I, I think it's great. I don't find it, I'm not saying it's easy, you know, I mean, it, you still need to understand everybody's um, love language, their, their personality profile and know their needs because it is like, I'm, you know, I'm very analytical. I know how I work, but just because that's how I work, that's not 
how somebody else works. And so to, to remember those things, like to put a hand on someone's shoulder and just say, hey, thank you so much. You were awesome today. Or, you know, and, and so I, I think it's, I have more awareness now that I'm older being in practice. And I, I find that it's much easier now too, but, but I think the more people you have, the more difficult it is always because of the, you can have 10 great personalities and then you've got one and then it's, you know, that, that can make everything go awry. So it's going to get loud in here or we just keep going. And if it gets really bad, we'll, we'll go. To okay. Room. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think that for females and I'm just guessing that yeah. if, as if I'm, I'm kind of a straightforward kind of guy, right. And so my, my team could say, well, that's Dr. Arlie, he's just pretty straightforward. But if I was a female, then in the, excuse my language, but I'd come off as like as a bitch, why, you know? And right. so I think that's a real, I, I would think that's super challenging, like being, you know, confident and stern, right? The, this stuff we got to get done, but not coming yeah. off like, oh, she's just, you know, you know, th there's all sorts of commentary that can go around that as a female, that as a guy, I don't have to, you know, I get a, I get a pass on that. Right. Yeah. For yeah. females, I think a female leader, I think you have you're under um, under a different you're under different rules than if yeah. you're a guy going through that. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree with that. And I think what helps is because, you know, outside of work, when I'm not like when I'm in work, I'm focused. And so yeah. things can be misconstrued, misconstrued where, you know, I'm just straight faced and, and asking for something and people don't read your body language the right way or whatever it is. So I think it's really important that the hours that you spend together in work, you've got to invest a little time outside of work to do team building or a social hour or something so that you can be together outside of dentistry so that people can see, Hey, look, like this yeah. is, it's different, right? Like it's different yep. when we're in the mix and we've got all the operatories going and I've got to check hygiene and I'm prepping this and I'm doing that. Like I can't stop and be like, hey, it's an amazing day today, you yeah. know? But, right, but, yep. But let's, but let's celebrate. Let's find that time outside of work and let's celebrate how awesome our team is and one another. So I think that's that's huge to, to do that. I agree. We, we've been doing Thursday happy hours with our team. We do it in the office so we can do it as part of our team meeting, but we'll start out and each person brings in like their new favorite cocktail. And so there'll be yep. like a little, little, little bartender thing going on. They'll talk a little bit about the drink and um, we'll kick back, have a drink and we can have our chit chat and have some fun. And then we'll get a little business done as part of our team meeting. And that's been really, I think, really helpful, especially as we've brought on new team members to help them see that, hey, we're just not this dentist that's, you know, uber focused. And that we are actually, you know, that we're, we're normal. We're, we're human beings also, as it turns out, who yeah. knew? Yes, I agree. And uh, yeah, like, and it doesn't that we do a lot of like parties at work too, after hours, because it's easy for everybody. We're already there. So we can just bring food, bring drinks, whatever, and just spend like an hour. It doesn't have to be lengthy, right? Because sometimes people think, oh, we got to like plan some elaborate get together. And it, it, it can be so simple. I mean, just the last day of the week, we can do that and just get together for an hour or two and share what do some you, What do you tell the young Amanda, the Amanda C that started the practice, you know, a few years yeah. back? What do you tell the, the young Amanda 
that you wish you uh, knew, knew then? I, I wish I would have hired somebody much smarter than I was to tell me how to run a business. You know, um, that's so true. You're right. That's so true. I agree 100%. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, um, I was so focused on the clinical dentistry, but I had no clue how to run a business. And that's stressful, you know, yeah. that's stressful. Um, and it wasn't until I got to a place with my clinical skills that I felt like, okay, like I started meeting other dentists that were on the same path from, you know, you know, when you start going to all the CE, there's a certain group of people that are all doing the same CE. Yep. You start talking shop, talking business that I started to realize, wow, like I'm, I'm probably not running my business the best that I could be. <laughs> You know, based on how I do, I do talking to other people. I'm like, wow, like, I mean, we do the same kind of dentistry, but I'm not doing that, those type of numbers or that kind of efficiency, or they're talking about this tax planning or this or that. And I'm like, wow, I've got so much to learn. And so I, I wish I would have just from the get go hired somebody. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. How'd you yeah. get started with CE? What was your influence in the continuing education? This is a really funny story. Um, so I'm in my associateship in South Carolina and my classmate one year younger than me was Dr. Mike Appa. I'm sure everybody knows who he is. Sure. So Mike uh, calls me and he says, hey, you've got to join the AACD and go to this conference in Orlando, Florida. And I'm like, what's the AACD? And he's like, the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. He's like, it's where all the big cosmetic educators go. Larry's going to be there, blah, blah. And Mike, by the way, has always told me when we were in lecture hall, he said to me, he said, I'm going to work for that guy one day when Larry was talking to us. And I just laughed at him. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, sure you are. Uh-huh. Here, here he is. Larry's right. working so, for him. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, he's like, just go. I think tuition's like, nothing for first year grads or something like that. So I'm like, okay. So I meet Mike and like five other dental school buddies. They're all guys. Um, none of my, I couldn't convince any of my female friends to come. And we go, and I just remember stepping in there and my first lecture, I can't remember what lecture it was, but just seeing a presentation, like, you know, I've only seen presentations in dental school. Right. So I saw this presentation in a huge room and I was just blown away. I just remember thinking, this is beautiful. Like, this right. is amazing. And I signed up for some hands-on courses. I've never done anything like that before. And sure. I love and I just was hooked. I mean, absolutely hooked. And the funny story is this, this is the funny part of it. So that's my first CE, but we're there. And we go to one of the evening events, social events. And Mike's like, oh my gosh, there's Larry. Come on, you gotta come with me. We're gonna go talk to him. And I'm like, oh dude, I don't wanna go schmooze. Like that's not my personality, right. I can't do that. He's like, no, 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 come, come, come with me. So we go up and he starts talking to Larry and Larry's surrounded by his entourage of Sure. I don't know all the people at the time, right? I don't know who any of these people are. I only right. recognize Larry. I don't know anybody. So I'm just like, so Mike's talking to Larry and I'm just kind of looking around. I'm like, gosh, I'm just going to make small talk. And so I, I, I look around, we all have name badges and I see a name badge that says Columbia, South Carolina. 
I'm like, oh. So I look mm -hmm. up, I'm like, hey, Tom. I said, I'm Amanda. I said, I went to school in Columbia. And he's like, oh, Tom Trigner, so nice to meet you. I had no idea who Tom Trinker was at all. Right. And I think at the time he was the editor of the journal Cosmetic Dentistry. And so the next day I, I, I go to lecture and it happens to be his lecture with Matt Roberts. And I'm like, oh, uh, oh my gosh, I met that guy. And I had exchanged emails with him that night. And I had told him, I said, yeah, I would love to come see your practice, if, you know, to Columbia sometimes only an hour and a half drive and, and see you do big cases. Cause he told me, he's like, yeah, He's so humble. He was like, yeah, you know, I do some cuts. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, I really like cosmetic dentistry and then blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. And so the next day I go in a lecture and lo and behold, he's the one teaching the course. So I keep in touch with Tom and I would drive to Columbia every chance I had to watch him do these cases. I mean, yeah. I just loved it. And I just did kind of like I did with Aaron, I did whatever Aaron did. I did whatever Tom did. So I was like, Tom, uh, where do I go? He's like, well, I went to Panky. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to Panky. And I'm like, who's your consultant? And he told me and I hired her. So I, I really just followed in his footsteps. And that was my real first mentor, to be honest, in, in dentistry. Yeah. Um, and still is to this day, he's, he's just wonderful. Um, so amazing. And, um, you know, I was this close to moving to Columbia to come work with him. And again, it was just one of those moments where you felt like it was meant to be, but Tom was kind of stepping away from teaching and he just got married and, and, you know, I'm like, do I want to live in Columbia, but it's such a great opportunity. Do I want to live in Columbia? And so it, we decided, you know, this isn't going to work, but, you know, he just still coached me through so much in my first several years in dentistry, and I'm so forever grateful for that. That's awesome. That was my first. first that was my first experience with CE, and I haven't missed an AACD since, um, except for when I had my third in Hawaii. I didn't go to Hawaii. So, and and if I could do a plug for the ACD, I, I agree. It's been really formative for me in my learning, and I think it's a great organization. And for young dentists, I think I think being at the ACD meeting, you get a chance to meet other people like you, and yeah. it's just such a it's a such a welcoming com uh, community. Unlike any other meeting, as much as we try at the Restorative Academy, and I know the uh, AED also tries to be really welcoming, I don't think there's any meeting that is welcoming as the AACD. It's just didn't people want people want to mentor people want to share people have gone down the same path as the young dentist they they see themselves in that um in yeah. these people and uh it's it's a great opportunity so any listeners who are on the outside in uh check out the AACD I think it's a great meeting great great organization I I agree and and for what you have under one roof for a couple of days is is yeah. amazing you know, so then you can, you know, I've taken your courses from there and I think you can kind of see all these educators and decide, okay, do I want to travel to Chicago to do this? Or do I want to travel to Charleston or do I, you know, it, it, it's so amazing. So, yeah. But, yeah. but again, it's, it's the community. I mean, my closest friends in dentistry are some people that I've met at the AACD and we meet and we, we want the same things. We go on the same journey and it's just, it's been so fun and special for me. How'd you get inv involved with COIS? When, when did you start with COIS? And tell me about, I want to know about how that all sort of happened uh, with uh, your relationship at, with the COIS Center and all that stuff. 
Yeah, so I finished Panky in 2006. And I mean, I was a good student in the sense of I would go back and apply everything that I learned, you know, like do it exactly the way they taught me. So I was doing, you know, and, and I'm sure Panky's changed, but at the time you were doing these like two hour, two and a half hour new patient exams. You're, you're palpating every muscle of mastication, yeah. you know, you're charting every interference. Everybody's put in bite splint therapy. You're mounting every case, whether you're doing one tooth or two teeth. And so I did all of that. And it was so hard in private practice. Like it didn't translate to being, I didn't have good treatment acceptance. I yep. didn't have efficiency it wasn't profitable and I'm like what am I missing like I'm doing everything right it seems yet I don't patients aren't saying yes it, it it's just too hard and so yeah. I just I'm like I need something else and one of my friends that's a prostodontist in my local area and he's kind of like the serial CE guy he's taken everything and he said, you know, I just got back from Kois. He's like, I just did occlusion there. He's like, and he's, he's like, I've taken the occlusion courses from all these schools of thoughts. He goes, his makes the most sense to me. I'm like, really? Like, what do you mean? Like, how is it any different? Is it neuromuscular? Is it this? He's like, no. He's like, it's, he'll tell you when neuromuscular works and he'll tell you when it doesn't, you know? And he's like, so yeah. just, you should go. And I remember going, and it was just a paradigm shift for me. It was so freeing in my mind because John was able to help me see, hey, this is when it's okay to take a triple tray impression. You're not a bad dentist if you take a triple tray, but know when it's going to bite you in the ass, you know, and it was right. just so good. Um, and I just remember like, I got it. Like it makes sense to me now. And, yep. and he also teaches um, how to speak to patients, like not he doesn't make it a part of his course, but just hearing him teach, he's such a great educator that you learn how to deal with people and how to speak with them effectively. And I just really try to emulate what he's taught me all the time. And so from that moment, I was, I was really hooked. And I went back and took all the courses over the next three years. Um, and the thing that was really special for me is that you know, I'm just one student in the thousands and I don't know how many that John teaches, but John always remembers things about everybody. Like he makes it a point to be interested in people. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that was so different and special about John. And so I remember when I, when I took the, the curriculum over three years, I was always pregnant or nursing because I had four kids <laughs> under the age of five, right? Yeah. And, and I, um, I went and John, at the end of every course, there's an evaluation form where you have to write down like what you liked, what could be improved. And, you know, I gave them 10 plus with everything. And the only thing I said that could be improved is this. I said, well, you know, as a nursing mom, it would be nice to have a nursing station with like a place to sit and an outlet to, to be able to do the breast pump. Because when I was there all week as a nursing mom, you have to, you know, do this twice a day it takes 20 minutes right. each time you have no outlet so it's battery powered there's no place to sit so then you have to sit on a stall and yeah, right. you're missing 30 minutes of lecture twice a day for a whole week 
And sure enough, the next time I went out there, there was a nursing station, there was an outlet. He installed speakers in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, there's other people that said the same thing that I did too. I guess he really took it to heart, you know? And so then he came up to me in between and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Amanda, he goes, I want to thank you for your honest feedback. He goes, I never thought about that until you wrote that. He goes, and I installed it right away because of your comment. And I was just like, I'm like, wow, that's so special, you know? Yeah, that's very cool. And he would would just always remember things and ask things like he does about everybody. Like I said, it wasn't anything special about me. He remembers, his mind is incredible. But I struggled with, um, so I took occlusion three times. Actually, it's funny because I I, I really struggled with like letting go with uh, the whole everybody who has where is not in CR and, and you know, I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not understanding this. And, and John, I think just saw that I struggled with it because of where I was trained and I couldn't let sure. my mind go, you know, to think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that he saw I was really invested and I just, I just would keep coming and I took my mentorship exam and can't even remember. I, I I would say it was in. I took my mentorship exam in two thousand nine, and in two thousand fourteen, I got a um, a nomination from John Coyce. Well, I didn't know it was from John Coyce. I got a nomination from um, Benko for the Lucy Hobbs Award yeah. for Women to Watch, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and they said, you know, some people nominated you, but the, your, your biggest supporter was Dr. John Coyce. He nominated you. I just remember thinking, like, what does he see in me that's, I'm just a good student. Like, I, I just follow directions really well and I work hard, but like, I'm right. not an innovator. I'm not a pioneer, you know, I'm not. So, but I just remember, and I called him and I'm like, thank you so much. And he's like, I, I really believe that you're going to do great things, you know? And I just remember like this man believes in me. I got to believe in myself in a way, but I wasn't sure like what that was. And then it was probably at the time of like restorative Academy and aesthetic Academy. And the first time that I've ever gone and, and John said to me, he's like, if you're going to present something, he's like, I think you should teach on composite artistry. He goes, you do some of the most beautiful composites I've ever seen. I've never taught composites in my life. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not Newton Paul. I'm not Dennis Hartley. I'm not Corky Wilhite or any of these. I've learned from all of these people. You know, I learned from Bob Marges and I learned from, from all these other greats. And that's when I realized, okay, well, I did learn from all these people, but maybe there's something that I can Put together and put all the pearls that I learned from all these people and make it my own. And I will say it's, this, Amanda, I, I remember when you came out to Cosmodent, you were at the, the Center for Aesthetic Excellence and Buddy had brought in a bunch of dentists and I can't remember what the technique, I might've been a full veneer, I can't remember exactly, but I had seen your stuff and I told Mopper, I said, the best, the best dentist, best cosmetic bonding dentist in this room is sitting in the front row on the right side. And uh, yeah, your, your, your stuff, your, your clinical skills 
um, is just through the roof, just just outstanding. And I remember saying that to Buddy. I said the best the best bonder in this room is sitting in the front row on the right side. That's uh, that's Amanda. Yeah, truly, great, beautiful stuff. I mean, you know, and that's the power of a mentor, somebody that believes in you or just to say that you can do it. You know, there's right. there was never any place in my career that I was like, I think I want to teach or I think I want to publish right. or, you know, it was it was a nudge. It was a push. It was people saying like, hey, I think you can do this and you would be good at it. And and it. It, it's a it was a really uncomfortable place but you don't grow unless you are uncomfortable so that's how i got started with Fletcher. that's awesome um tell me about you and adamo and tell me what you guys have coming up with uh, impress and what's uh tell me what to, yeah. what we need to look forward to let's go to the outside guys get a little tour of charleston south carolina well, it's uh, 43 degrees, I think, where I am right now. So this oh, is going to look really nice. So I'm super warm out here. Okay. Oh, much better. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, All right. So, so tell me what you and Adamo have going on with Impress. So it was crazy, you know. So I was on that train of lecturing for all these companies, going here, going there. And I, it, in the beginning, it was like fun and exciting, but then I started to realize like, what am I doing this for, right? Because there were times when I'd fly out to some place, some study club, I never know who these people are. Some of them are there for the free CE, not because they really signed up for my course, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, sure. and, and I've worked so hard on this presentation, putting it together. I'm away from my family, from my kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, and it was like a day where it was just transactional, you know, it was like the, yep. my lecture, yep. I'm leaving. And I, I remember coming back and I just told David, I said, I just don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, like, it's not, it's different. Like I felt like there were times when I would teach the ACD and that was more transformational for me because there are people that are really interested in learning it yep. and and I enjoyed that, but the whole going around and, and to random places. Um, and I just told David, I said, I just don't know what the next step is, but I, I just, I don't want to travel that much. I, I, I'm, I'm not putting our family first if I'm traveling to, and, and I don't know. And so we were at an ASDA meeting, Adamo and I, and we happened, I knew of him, but we never met each other. And we were sitting in the back of the room, um, next to each other and he was on his computer, I was on mine and kind of like glanced over and I'm like, hey, I'm Amanda, I, I know you from the ACD, but we haven't met. And so we introduced you to one another and we had mutual friends and our mutual friends came up and, and said, they were like, oh, Adamo, can you, um, can you do like a private photography course for us, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, yeah. And they were my friends too, Tara Harden, which I'm sure you know. Sure. And, and he's like, you, guys, you should come. And I said, no, I'll, I'll come and hang out with you guys. And so we went and when we went to, the, to Florida actually, and it was like the four of us, Adama was looking at my slides and my notes. And he's like, why are you taking this photography course? You already know how to take photography, you know? And I was like, I was going to just hang out with my friends and, sure. you know, I always learn something. I truly believe that, you know, even if you think you yeah, know how to sure. do you can always learn Absolutely. something. So, um, but at that course, we were just 
we got to talking and I'm like, let me see that slide. He's like, let me see this slide. And we started looking at each other's presentations and we said, you know, that'd be fun. We should do something together, you know, like just like a mini one day or on something, sure. you know, mm -hmm. maybe photography, maybe we weren't sure, but we, so we, it was just like a crazy idea because we got along and we liked each other's style and, and whatever. So we said, well, we, we were trying to decide what it was. He at the time was lecturing with um, the two Venezuelan photographer, dentist photographers. Sure. And so he said, hey, he goes, let's do one in Charleston and you, you teach with us. And so we did a, a, the one pictures really matter in Charleston. Um, and I taught it with those guys. And after that, he was like, let's do this, you know, let's do our own thing. Mm -hmm. um, let's do a one day composite course. And we did a one day composite course and we read the evaluations and everybody says, it should be a two day course. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I got two day course only like legit people do two day courses. <laughs> like I've only done, you know, half day, one day courses. Sure. Like that's like people go to Cosmodent and places like that to do a two, three day course. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that much content in two days. And then just the logistics of doing a course. Sure. I, I know nothing about this, how to do this. Right. I mean, I, these companies would take care of everything for me before I would just show up and it was there. Yep. It was done. Yep. So it was the whole idea and the logistics of how do I make this happen now? Mm -hmm. So we, um, I mean, just blood, sweat and tears have figured it out with each passing course, what to do, what not to do. Um, but what's been really nice is that we can talk about anything that we use, you know, so we're yep. not sponsored by anybody. Um, yep. We work with a bunch of companies, but the companies we work with, they're products that we use, like we really right. use. You know, like I'm not going to sit there and say that everything I use is by Ivaclar or everything I use is by Cosmet. Like these are the Cosmet right. products I absolutely love. And these are the ones from Ivaclar that I use. And so I think there's more credibility in that sometimes too. I mean, yep, people just, sure. they look at it and they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still amazed and, um, feel so blessed by the support that we've had from our courses, because I never thought that it had would grow to what it's become today. We, we yeah. just, we just had an idea of like, Hey, let's do something different one day together because we were tired of flying around all over the place. And it's grew right. into something much bigger than I ever thought. So, yeah. Well, that's because it's so wildly successful and you guys connect with the, the participants and um, you're, you're, you know, leveraging that into giving them opportunities to learn in a different, you know, format than what they've yeah. learned before. So kudos yeah. to you guys. You guys are doing great stuff. Uh, anyone I know who's taking your courses has just raved about it. So um, I think yeah. you guys are doing some great stuff. What, what do you guys have coming up? Anything on the, on the horizon? Um, yeah, so we, we have... Uh... A course next week, two more in December, and in 2022, we actually have eight courses, which is the most we've ever had. So we're really excited about that. We have a new course next year um, that's on veneer and prep design and provisionalization. So that will be towards the end of the year. But um, you know, we're just we're trying to learn and improve every day too. And sure. um, you know, it's it's been a wild ride. It's been great, and I. You know, for anybody that's listening to all these things, like I, 
you have to believe when somebody sees something in you because I never ever would have thought that I would be an educator or do all the things that I do now. Um, but it, if it wasn't for somebody believing in me or saying that you can do this or you should do this. And sometimes it, I mean, it's scary. There's never at one point where I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I'm going to do this. I mean, right. yeah. I, I remember I'd never put a keynote together before when I was asked to lecture, never put a presentation together. And I remember downloading the manual being like, this is how you do a keynote. <laughs> I mean, right. And it's, yeah. it's so scary, but you'll, you'll figure it out and, you know, put yourself out there, let yourself try it. And if you fail at it and decide, I don't want to pick myself back up and do it again, that's fine. But I think you'd be surprised sometimes what you realize you're capable of or, or what you may enjoy doing. And if I would have never said yes to my mentors who believed in me and said that I had something to offer. I mean, I, I don't know what, where I'd be right now. You know, I, I certainly would not be in the, this platform teaching other people. Um, so that's all I will say. Well, I think that's well said. I, um, there's a couple of things before we go. Um, I had a, um, a little, we do a coffee and donuts mentorship thing uh, once a month with dental online training. And we had a young dentist on and I said, the key, I think, to be able to be successful in dentistry in today's world um, is to learn how to take photographs. Yeah. Um, and so I even referenced your course. We do something on DOT. My partner, Chris Ching, um, has a course that did for dental online training. But um, so anyone who's listening, I would tell you, you got to learn how to do dental photography. If you want to Absolutely. do, you know, if you want to do cosmetic dentistry or even, I think, even be successful in dentistry today, you got to learn photography. Um, yes. So I know you guys have a great course and Chris went out and took your guys' course uh, a couple of years yeah. ago, a few years ago. Um, yeah. So I would, um, so if people want to find you, they can just go to, how do they find, find information for courses um, and stuff? Impresscourses.com, impress with one S. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, I want to finish up, Amanda, we touched on this really briefly about being a female in a, in a male-centric profession. And even though the office is female-centric, the profession is really male-centric still, though dental school classes are now becoming 50-50 female. Um, yeah. I, I have to imagine there are struggles coming, you know, maybe in school, even being a female in school or maybe after school, what, what's your been your, um, what's been any struggles you've had and what advice do you have for, for females going into dentistry? I, you know, I, I didn't really feel the struggle in dental school being female, but I definitely felt it after dental school. I mean, when I opened up my practice, I was still a young dentist and all the specialists that I worked with were older and mostly male. Actually, all of them were male. Um, and even though I was taking all this CE and I felt like I had good sound clinical knowledge, I was never taken seriously in the sense that I could possibly see something different or a different way to treat a mutual patient than the way that they have always done it. You know, yep. and I remember going back and saying, well, you know, I don't need you to equilibrate my patient because I'd rather do an additive equilibration where I don't have to reduce sure. any tooth structure, say, or, you know, and yep. it was like, mm -hmm. well, I've been doing this 20 years. And yeah. so it was the first time where I felt like, wow, I'm being challenged by my age, my being female or whatever it may be. And, and it's the same when it comes to 
when I started educating and becoming a lecturer, um, my very first lecture was like that, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I, it, it was in Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I flew in for a full day course. The it was full day photography. The beginning was the philosophy and lecture portion and the afternoon was hands-on photography. And I went to breakfast and I sat with some participants and they, we were just talking and they're like, where are you, where are you coming from? And I said, I'm coming from Charleston. And they're like, oh, that's so great. Like you came such a far away, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> and so I, um, I, I excuse myself from breakfast and I go to set up my own AV, my computer and projector right. and everything. And the same gentleman, one of the gentlemen that was sitting with me probably in his sixties walked by and he looked and he just kind of looked dumbfounded and and looked at me it, it looked at me and he said you're you're a speaker and i said yeah i am and he I, I realized that he just thought i was somebody that flew in from charleston south carolina to attend yeah. their study club as a participant oh, never in a million years did he think that i would be teaching him anything and so he said that i said yes i am and he kind of scoffed and he said honey i've been practicing dentistry since before you were even born and that was my first lecture and i remember just feeling like pit in my stomach like yeah. oh my god like why am i doing this this is ridiculous like yes i don't i can't i can't teach these people anything um and so i it, that first half of the morning was a blur. I really don't even remember the lecture portion of it. But then after lunch, we got to the hands-on portion. And as I went around the room to help everybody set up their cameras, the same gentleman that kind of made that comment was also the one that did not know how to use his camera at all. Sure, right. Um, and yeah. it was just, it was this moment of, I realized that, okay, you're, there's always going to be people that will judge you. There will be always naysayers or whatnot. Um, but you got to decide. I mean, you have yeah. to decide whether you can do this or not. You have to have that self-belief. And so I came home from that lecture and it was like that lecture where I went to see if I really wanted a lecture ever again. And so I came home and David said, well, how was it? Do you want to, do you want to do it again? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and he's like, what happened? And I told him the story. I said, you know what? I don't know if I want to do it again, but I think I need to do it again because I think I can do better. Mm -hmm. And, and I did, and I just kept doing it and it becomes, I don't know. I, I, and that's the part about perseverance. I think you learn so much about yourself in pushing yourself to do things. And then you might realize you come to a place where you're like, no, this is not what I'm supposed to do, but you're better for it. You're better for you're going to be at a better place having tried harder to push yourself harder than if you didn't at all. So, um, but yeah, that was my first experience lecturing. Well, no truer words. And for those who want to get into doing uh, presentations and stuff. Um, yeah, you're going to, I mean, I, I, I distinctly remember the uh, same thing as a young dentist and some of, uh, some of the challenges with some of the participants, but it does make you stronger. It does make you take a step back and look at the material that you're presenting. And I've always said, if you want to learn how to do something really well, teach it because yeah. once you start teaching it, people are going to start asking questions. You're going to have to learn it at a higher level. 
And it just yeah. keeps on pushing you to really understand why you do what you do and how you do what you do. And it yes. just gives you a better, makes you better at doing your dentistry. And it makes it, I think, more, even more enjoyable because you understand it better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Well, Amanda, um, this has been awesome. Uh, you, oh, you. you are, you're, you're, you're just not just an inspiration to, to female dentists. You're inspiration to, to me. You're inspiration to many of my colleagues. Uh, you, you're doing beautiful dentistry. Your, uh, your work is just outside of dentistry. Uh, you know, and the last thing I'll say, if you're, if you're not on social media, if you don't know Amanda, then you got to check out Amanda's Instagram page. And, and I think Adamo told me that you, you force your kids to sit in the basement and do your Instagram stuff for you. Um, so that's not true. He didn't so say that. not true. <laughs> Don't listen to anything that man says. <laughs> uh, but, but Amanda's prolific on Instagram and really has great content. And so check out Amanda's Instagram page, which is, what is, I don't even know what you're, I, I'm on it. But I Dr. C spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R and my last name S-E-A-Y. Amanda, I can't thank you enough for spending this time with us, uh, really sharing with us, sharing with uh, our DOT listeners, your experiences, uh, where, you, where you came from and where you are today. It's super valuable. And I, I, I can't tell you how, how wonderful this is, has been that you've just sort of, sort of spent this time with us. So thank, thank you from you. Bottom my heart. It's honestly special. It's nice to be talking about something other than just the technique of dentistry, right? Yeah. Talking about the journey. Um, so I hope that it was, um, you know, if it helps other people. And thank you for allowing me to share my story. Thank you so much. And for dental online trainers, uh, check out our, we have our, uh, our Black Friday promotion going on in the month of November. So check that out. But until next time, um, yours for Bender Dentistry. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for listening in to my conversation with Amanda, and I hope you enjoyed your time hearing from really one of the world's best cosmetic dentists. Now, don't forget that DOT has so many other great learning opportunities from our Wine and Unwind. These are our monthly webinars where we engage real time with our viewers as we bring in leaders throughout the dental industry and take your questions and just learn from the best on how to make our dentistry and our dental practices better. We also have our monthly coffee and donuts study club mentoring sessions where our members bring in questions and bring in treatment plans or cases that we need to treatment plan in our monthly sessions. We also have our live virtual workshops where we cover everything from treating the worn dentition to full bonded resin to prepping teeth for porcelain veneers. So many topics that we cover in these live virtual workshops that you, won't be, you don't want to miss. Of course, we have our blogs and we have our endless selection of hands-on pre-recorded technique courses to improve the quality of your dentistry for you and your patients. So check us out at dothandson.com. And if you enjoyed this ShareCast, please share with your friends and colleagues. And until next time, I'm Dr. Dennis Hartlieb, yours for better dentistry.